Good morning, good morning, and welcome to your business in digital. It is Monday, Monday, the 20th of November. Could you imagine that? Good morning, team. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> amazing, amazing. So it is Thanksgiving weekend in the U.S., week in the U.S., so we are getting ready for that. But today is going to be a great conversation. We are talking about why digital marketing fails. Uh, it is definitely going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So let's kick to the intro. Right, so welcome to business and digital. <laughs> All right, okay, I have to stop singing, it's too much. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm having a good time, I'm caffeinated and ready to rock and roll. So, welcome to your business and digital. This is the show where we bring together all the experts in a small business, a media business. We bring together finance, we bring together sales, we bring together marketing and operations to talk to you about how to really be effective with your digital efforts and make sure that you're achieving your business goals, right? That is exactly why we do this show. So let me tell you where you can connect with us. So connect with us on LinkedIn, connect with us on YouTube, connect with us on, <laughs> connect with us on Spotify, Apple, everywhere podcasts are found, right? We want you to share this with any small business executive. Why do we want you to do that? Because we want them to really see the growth with their digital. We want them to understand how digital can help them increase their revenue, increase their leads, you know, better leads, more relevant leads. There's so many data points with digital, but we want to make sure that you're connecting those KPIs right back to your business goals. We want you to walk away and go to your CFO and say, hey, digital it helped us increase our revenue by 10%, 20% year over year. You know, those CFOs like Andrew are super critical of us <laughs> marketers. So we want to make sure we are giving them the business and that will keep them happy, right? But digital can do all the things that you know that you're doing offline. It can help you do that. So listen to the show. We really break it down for you. And again, we have all the key players here. These stakeholders are important in the conversation. You can't just do digital without having sales, marketing, finance, and operations be a part of the conversation. So we're really bringing that to you so you can see those business goals achieved, reached, uh, and you don't find that you know digital is as daunting as it usually is. It's really, really simple. Get to the money in the bank. All right. So... <laughs> Marketing and finance, you know, our marketing and finance beef. <laughs> marketing has so many beefs. It's marketing and sales. It's marketing and finance. It's marketing and operations. You didn't make it pretty enough. I feel like marketers are like troublemakers. <laughs> yes, you, you guys are making trouble all over. Finance is like, stick to the numbers. Sales is like, what have you done for me lately? Operations is like, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the plight of the marketer. <laughs> no one understands. <laughs> Send me some leads. <laughs> exactly. Everybody wants everything from us. But we do that here at Your Business and Digital. We help you connect those dots. Y'all are hilarious. <laughs> All right. So recap from the last show. The last show was awesome. So let me get a round of applause before we even start. We had Dorothy from the Chamber of Commerce. She is a member of the East Orlando Chamber of Commerce. And I recently joined the Chamber of Commerce in August. And this was a really great show just to showcase how you can leverage your online strategy with an offline strategy. Um, she talked about you know everything that they did during COVID to support businesses, how they actually helped to increase sales and revenue for businesses. She talked about, you know, how they make networking, how they connect the dots with networking events. So many things. I mean, I know everyone here was just like, you, you heard me talk about the chamber, right? But <laughs> did you think it was going to be that good? <laughs> Go for it, Andrea. Listen, I was blown away with how, you know, all the amount of things that they're doing, you know, how really, really involved and really connected they are with their membership, which is, you know, these business owners. And you could see that everything was so centric and custom, 
well, member-centric in this case, to, to how the activities impact them. And that, that seems to be their guiding force. And you could see it coming through in everything that they do. I really like that. I'm, I'm right where Andrea is. What I found for the East Orlando Chamber of Commerce, let's start there. There, as she said, let with being very customer centric and something that small business owners can really take some notes on how they were doing it from a, a client first, getting their name out, making it about someone else, having a follow up, making sure that there's a next step that's involved, providing visibility, the community aspect portion of what they're doing. I, you're right to check 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 so from a from a from a business perspective looking at holistically they're a fine example of what to do and then from a business perspective when you're trying to network and want to get your name out and understand what the return for investment would be east orlando chamber of commerce is a fine example of a, of what you should be seeking out of your chamber of commerce I know you said 100%. I didn't even, <laughs> I know Tamara said 100%. But yes, everything you both said, everything, Dorothy, was great. Um, loved how the chamber was, as you said, customer-centric, but understanding, really getting down to understanding what their customer needed and translating that into digital, right? And getting the word out. So especially like, you know, post-COVID, just letting people know places were open again, as simple as that. And as Tamara said, driving revenue. And what I love about it is in being a digital marketer, right? They have like a digital infrastructure. So they have a portal, they have a database, they're sending emails, they're doing video, you know, all the things that you're like, okay, <laughs> they're super digital. They understand that they have, you know, the, the, the viewership, they understand all those things and they share those things with their members. So um, it was great to have Dorothy. I saw her uh, the day after her because they're was an event and she's like i said um so much i'm like you were perfect <laughs> um you know so i'm like here i go um but she was so good and anytime she's ready to come back you know she can absolutely come back so the chamber has been good to us uh we're seeing the visibility uh we're seeing connecting the networking uh, i've met so many businesses in orlando in the last few months it's been crazy um good and, and again the opportunity for visibility i'm speaking in places i'm showing up in places i know people's first name <laughs> So it's definitely been an awesome, awesome experience. So check out your chamber. If you're looking for another strategy that you can incorporate with your digital strategy, check out Chamber of Commerce in your neighborhood. Do the research. Understand there are probably a few of them. Understand which one works for you, what you're looking for. Test them out. Go to a few events. Um, see what you like. And definitely, definitely, I recommend the chamber. So good conversation on uh, Wednesday. So, yep. All right, we're moving on along, moving on along, because we are moving on to our Hot Topic segment. <laughs> All right, all the things. All right, so what are we talking about today? Ah, I saw this. <laughs> I read this article. I saw this too. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep, guys, so you, you're reading it right. If you're looking at your screen, for the viewers looking at the screen, you're reading it right. McDonald's and Crocs, ladies and gentlemen, they have come together. Um, so the, the, this is a new trend or this is a new thing that they're, that they're embarking on where they're releasing a line of shoes inspired, Crocs, obviously, inspired by Grimace and the Hamburglar, those characters. So they are partnering to create clogs, sandals, charms and socks inspired by McDonald's branding um, and the mascots, right? So which would include this Grimace and Hamburglar character. So the shoes will cost as much as $75 a pair. I'm going to say that again. The shoes will cost as much as $75 a pair. We're talking some serious money here for some pair of shoes, right? Um, the company they'll start sell they're gonna start selling about four styles of shoes. Um, you have the classic red McDonald's clog, you have the black and white striped hamburger clog, and then you have a yellow booty clog, etc. Right? But these quirky shoes, um, they can be paired with matching socks for $20 and they will feature the famous characters' faces. And you can also accessorize the shoes with 
charms fashioned after Big Mac fries, McNuggets, etc. Um, in addition to the clip-ons inspired by McDonald's, the Golden Arches, right? So why should we even care? What does this mean? So why is this story fascinating? Why am I fascinated by this story that brings French fries and clogs together? Well, it's what I want to take away from this is that collaborations are becoming an increasingly popular way to grow your market share, which is exactly what this is, right? It's a collaboration between McDonald's and Clogs. And what collaborations are doing, it's opening up your product or service to an audience that may not have had access to it before, may not have been aware. So this provides a level of diversification for your revenue as revenue is now coming from a different source as a result of the collaboration. And here's the thing, it doesn't even have to be an obvious connection. I mean, who would have thought to pair, pun intended, to pair shoes with food? You know, just like when McDonald's um, started to offer toys with the kids' meals back in whatever year it was, it was, un you know, it was unheard of. But now it's commonplace today. And such collaborations like that with movie production houses are now worth millions of dollars. And they've literally become a must-have. So every new cartoon movie that comes out or every new movie that comes out, you, 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 they always have a toy to go with it. And that leads me to say, to the last point there, make it your own. When doing a collaboration, make sure you can make it your own and infuse your style and brand into it. These shoes, yes, it's clogs, but it will have McDonald's themed charms to it, and you're going to attach them to the shoes, thus connecting, infusing their brand and keeping their connection to their audience and maintaining their identity, even though it's a product that they don't make, even though it's a product that they never used to sell, they're making the connection and they're keeping it their own. So that's my hot topic. I found it very fascinating. <laughs> Let's know what you guys think. Is it is it Crocs or clogs? It's Crocs, right? Crocs, but Crocs. well, the clogs, I guess, is what you call the shoe. I don't wear Crocs. So, I mean, when I saw this, I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" Way to tap into the parents' pockets <laughs> for the yeah. happy for the kids for the, right and then the people who are obsessed with mcdonald's and obsessed because people get obsessed with these characters right so i was just like i mean first of all the pun joke i was in the background like <laughs> rolling <laughs> the fear the pun i was just like <laughs> so i love a good pun um <laughs> That was hilarious. But yeah, this was crazy. And $75. $75, guys. You know, for me as a finance person, I'm looking at this and I'm like, are yeah. you seriously going right. ahead with this? You yep. know, $75. $20. $20 for the socks. And then the charms. Correct. And then the charms, you can continue on with the charms forever. And so... I mean, yeah, I think it's genius, a genius collaboration, opening up the market. I, yeah, it was, yeah, well done, McDonald's. And I would love to understand what they're getting from that sale. Like, there's so many things I want to know about it. But when I saw it, I was just like, huh? But yeah, great one. Really, really good one. <laughs> and interesting from the price point perspective, like, you know, not just like that's what the price is, but... Typically, McDonald's, any specials, any seasonal things tend to be very low priced. Or if they're on the upper end, tend to be tied to their Ronald McDonald House um, charity, charity as well, right? So so it was really interesting, as you said, that this came out and, you know, it's just, oh, well, just get McDonald's Crocs. I thought this was ingenious. And it, it, I must have been under a rock this weekend because I didn't see this one. However, however, what I what I enjoy about it from a sales perspective, as we again start checking off some of the boxes, is that each company stayed within their brand and their look and feel and what they wanted. McDonald's it stayed within its core messaging and who they are moving forward. Characters that have been popular for them for generations. So think about that when they're looking at their target audience. They hit multiple target audiences sidestepping 
one of the concerns that many may have with health and what you get from fast food. So they're sidestepping that and leaning into, as Tamara said, the, the children and making sure that the parents stay really tied to it. Crocs stay within their, their core offering, like uh, uh, Andrew said, with the shoes. The charms have always been really big for them. So they have a core component. They did not have to create a new component in their back-end operations It existed. It's just new molds that they are accustomed to doing along with all of their others that they've done. Three, it stays within their price point. Crocs are not cheap products at all, not at all. Anytime you have a lot of uh, surgeons, doctors, all of those wearing them all day, that's one of the big appeals for it is that they're comfortable shoes that stand the test of time. Both brands are in that particular realm. So from a sales target audience pricing place, this sits really strongly with me. I thought it was phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, no, this was a win. This was this this one I'm like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I can't wait for the, um, I can't wait to see someone wearing them <laughs> so I can be like, okay, people are buying and I would love, I wish we get the numbers later on because yeah, this one is definitely is, is a game changer and the brands, everything just makes sense for it. This is a good marketing initiative, right? Um, all right. So we are moving on along to our go be on the like segment. <laughs> You know, we love this segment because this is where we go beyond the likes and follows and really start talking true strategy, right? Um, you know, how do you get to the place of money in the bank with your digital marketing, digital marketing efforts? Uh, we really want to connect those dots of, you know, hey, I saw my revenue increase by 10%. We know that digital is a little bit daunting, so we want to push you beyond that. And this is where we get to the strategy part of it. And today we're talking about why digital marketing fails. <laughs> Can I get another da, 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 because <laughs> you hear it all the time, right? Hey, you know, uh, you might hear a small business say, I worked with such and such agency and things didn't work the way I needed it to work. I did this and it didn't work, right? Um, uh, I tried that and it didn't work. We talk to clients all the time and when we hear them, we're like, they're like, I tried this, it didn't work. I did this, it didn't work. I did this, it didn't work. And so it's a, it's a big, it's, a, it's an important conversation because they're seeing it as a failure. And so they're like, should I really put my efforts into digital? Does it make sense? There's still skeptics out there. There's these conversations that we're having about digital transformation, right? AI, all these big conversations with small businesses are like, I don't know, I feel like I'm losing money when I do stuff like that. So I think it's important that we have the conversation of why digital marketing fails. I know. <laughs> I'm going to pass it off to any of you guys. What do you guys think about this topic today? Oh, this is a good one. I, I, think we're going to lean hard into this one and perhaps it might lean into a second show because I know that the number of things that I immediately think of that takes business off the rails in both pricing and sales conversions for, for a matter of a fact, but I think this is going to be a hot, 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 hot topic today. 100%. All right. So let's jump into the first, first question as to why digital marketing fails. So what we got today, we are looking at, let's talk a little bit about why it fails. One of the reasons is that sometimes there's just no strategy. And as a digital marketing strategist, I, you know, um, that is the one thing we notice with businesses. They're doing the, the activities, but it's really very tactical. And people always get confused with strategy versus tactics. <laughs> It is like, I hear people, I hear marketers do it all the time too, right? They give these tactical things and you're like, well, what exactly is the strategy, right? So let's break that down a little bit today, right? So the strategy is going to look like, so we want to increase our visibility and position ourselves as industry experts. 
That's the strategy. If people see us as industry experts in being a CFO in sales, in being a CFO in finance, in sales, in operations, and in marketing, right? If they see us as an industry expert, they'll say, hey, these people know what they're talking about. Well, how are we going to do that? We're going to do that with a tactic by having a show. So the show is the thing that we do. But the positioning ourselves as industry experts, that's really the true strategy, right? So you see the difference between the two. So before you jump in to do an activity on Instagram, you know, I like to pick on Instagram because most people are like, let me run to Instagram. It's understanding some core things, right? Am I, what, why am I doing this activity and how does it help me to grow my business, right? So positioning yourself as an industry expert is one strategy and the tactic could be having a show, writing some posts, all those things are the more tactical side of it. And most businesses don't walk in with a strategy. They walk in with, I'm going to do this thing on this platform. And then I did it for two weeks and then it didn't work. Right. So, you know what, I'm going to pass it over to you guys to talk a little bit about strategy and how you feel about that. Go for it, Andrew. I see you like, yep, yep, yep. Listen, listen, this this spoke to my heart because I see it all the time because, I mean, it's a point that could be applied to any other part of the business as well. Right. If you don't have a strategy, um, then you're just you're not you know, you're going to eventually have failure. But as it pertains to digital marketing and just marketing in general, I can't tell you the amount of times I see people um, presenting a social media calendar of posts as a strategy. And I'm like, no, that's the, ta- that's the tactic. As you say, that's the tactic. That's the thing that I'm doing. But nowhere can anybody, is there any explanation as to how that calendar is going to help me become, using your example, um, the trusted experts in my field. Nobody, because that 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 overall strategy has to have a social media. Yes, it will have social media. It will have maybe some YouTube. It will have your website. Nobody presents that entire package properly like that. So um, yeah, this one we need we need to correct that. We need to correct that. If you if you're looking, if you need, if you have a strategy as a business owner and somebody presents you with well, here are 50 posts for the month. That's not a strategy. That's the tactic. That's one element. So you, you've gone too far, too fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know, Andrea, we, when we work together, we talked, we developed a strategy. And one of the strategies we talked about was creating a methodology for yourself, right? Remember that? So talk Absolutely. about it as a strategy in your marketing now. Yeah, absolutely. And those things that you and I start with, that has actually been the, the, the thought process that got me to where I am now. Because by, by sitting down and doing that thought exercise that we say, okay, Andrea, what was the methodology? That's what started to open up the doors to me like, oh, okay, I need to take a step back. I'm not just posting about, you know, filing your tax returns anymore. But here I am now posting or I'm now thinking about how my actions reflect on the methodology. And yes, I've evolved from the original methodology that we spoke about. And now I have my three-pronged approach that I'm calling the AIM approach. That's where I, that's where I landed now. But when we started, that methodology was, it was something else, but it was along the same lines of how do I help you develop a system, you know, doing your finances with strategy. I think I remember the words now. But definitely that is what helped shape what what I'm now in now and that didn't take that wasn't overnight that was not one meeting and that was it that was over a couple sessions a couple months of okay you need to tweak this and you need to see it you know see where it takes you so absolutely go for it Michelle I'm enjoying what Andrea is saying about why her initial lack of a strategy led her nowhere to now having a strategy and she is getting to her end destination. We speak about that often. And I say it often with, with my clients and understanding when you start this, this journey, where, what is your end and end destination and strategies allow you to get to that place. And a lack of a strategy has you going all off course and not and utilizing a GPS system that you just don't listen to as well, because you've not, 
planned out a strategy and understand it and envision where your end destination is and what the, the reason is that you're you're getting involved in this. And we all have found this uh, evident in a number of our clients because there are so much that they want to accomplish, yet don't take a moment to step back and, and, and pull out the pieces of it to understand really where they're trying to go and why they need to get to that specific place. So a lack of a strategy will take you off course and make your business feel with a quickness if you don't have something like that in place. And you've got to remember that, you know, we are cognizant that most businesses may not understand that there are specific strategies for specific business cases. That may be just where we are at. So and know that, that when you are thinking about it, there, there are absolutely specific strategies that you can use to achieve different things. And then that's where you need to start. And just knowing that, that strategies exist. There we go. <laughs> I started crying. So of course we have the <laughs> change. <laughs> okay, so we changed layouts <laughs> because Andrew wasn't in her place. And I removed everyone and then put them back in the same place. So everyone was like, I'm literally crying. Michael couldn't even control himself. I tried, I tried. I, but yes, <laughs> we're back in the right spots. Did you remove the screen at all? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So on to the next question. So yes, no, I think we wrapped up strategy really, really well. So on to the next question. Why does digital marketing fail? <laughs> All right, where are we, Nia? <laughs> I think the second question is, how can poorly targeted advertisements or content undermine your digital marketing efforts? Oh, he used his British accent there. Did you hear him? Advertisements. Like, yeah, well, this was the, uh, you know, I stuck there. I'm glad you caught me. I was like, ad ad advertisements, advertisements, advertisements. <laughs> Go ahead and just level us up. Go ahead. That's just <laughs> Sounds more official when we use those, and, and when you use the shish words instead of <laughs> so poorly advertised, poorly targeted advertising is really one of the big things as well too because businesses take risks with running ads all the time. You know, you hear people talk about it. They're like, I ran Google ads. I boosted a post. I did this. I did this. And it was the wrong content and they didn't get the results. Right. So they're like, Hey, it failed. It didn't really work. But now you need to really understand a little bit about, well, who's the audience you're talking to? How are you targeting them? How are you using that tool? Because every advertising platform has a system that you have to understand. Right. So that's why a lot of times you really should connect with an expert to run those ads for you. You should talk about the things that you know about your business, the things that have worked. Right. What are those hooks that draw people in? What is the content that's going to draw them in? You know, I always like to say, especially in advertising, the first thing they see is the attracting content. Right. It's the thing that draws them in. So think about when you watch a commercial. Right. You can always tell if a commercial is on. I, I sometimes I'm, you know, doing stuff, the TV's on and a commercial is on and I'm not paying attention, not paying attention. Then all of a sudden a uh, commercial catches my attention and I'm like, oh, I have to stop what I'm doing because it caught my attention. That's the attracting content that draws them in in the first in digital, it's in the first three seconds, right? So what's your hook, right? It's like a song, <laughs> you know, we played Water the other day by Tyler, right? What's your hook? <laughs> what is that hook that draws them in in the content? And is it targeted to the right place? So poor advertising is because lack of knowledge about the advertising platform, uh, unrealistic expectations about what, you're, what you should see, uh, not really even understanding the budget and also length of time, <laughs> length of time to test and then not optimizing, right? Not looking to see where I made changes, just simply saying it didn't work for me. So many times when we, we start talking to businesses, we have to overcome those hurdles with advertising to say, okay, you may have tried it yourself, but what's really, what's your expertise, <laughs> right? Oh, your expertise is in that. Well, here, have you considered these things? Because there's some best practices that need to happen in the advertising space. So I'm going to kick it over to you guys to, to get some thoughts around that. 
I think the first thought I wanted to, to add with, with, you know, poorly targeted ads is that negative impression, right? So let's say, for example, um, you know, pharmaceuticals or, you know, car industry, again, where the ads are, you know, you have to go to a dealer. You're not going to this car company or that car company. The pharmaceuticals, you're not going to them. You're going to, the call to action is to speak to a doctor. So imagine if if it was, you know, talk to a representative. That was the call to action. What's if, if there's negative impression on that ad, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I've seen your ads. They're weird. You know, it's not opening the door for that sales team by any stretch. Oh, I love this one. It is at the core of a lot of things that I speak with my clients about in regard to sales, the conversion, no like trust, being uh, the right fish in the right pond. What an example that I give to, to my clients that helps in this arena and something that you spoke specifically to Tamara and to go back to something that you mentioned, Andrea, is all about timing. Uh, and understanding and being in the space where your clients are at the right moment. And I use allergy season as the as a fine example in that it is winter time now. It, typically in allergy season, you see ads right before the season starts. And then the examples of someone sneezing, the blooming flowers, things going in the air. It's every indication and visuals and in sound effects, somebody uh, looking like their eyes are watering, their noses are all red, and everything that goes along with allergy season, the medication that's needed, and you see it before, right before allergy season starts all the way through. Now, why would somebody take that information for allergy season and put it in the midst of winter? It is not applicable to the season. No one relates to that specific thing. And it's wasted advertising in a multitude of spaces. Now, if they were to flip that and put something that's cold cold season and flu season related with someone with a winter hat on that's in the middle of snow, that in, in those things, the visuals, the targeting, the timing is appropriate for that specific item that they're choosing. So you have to understand what the lead time is, where the spaces are, uh, what the need is for some for it to resonate with the right audience for them to act and lean in. You want that moment that Tamara speaks of. I've had that as well, where it's on as far as I think background noise, but someone says something and I stop, literally stop in my tracks, rewind, you know, I do the backup thing, stand in front of the TV mesmerized or rewind the podcast or rewind the YouTube so that I can pay attention to what they said, because now they've said something that's relevant to me, that resonates to me, that meets my pain, uh, you know, cures my pain, meets my need. All of those things happen when you are leaning into your right target audience in the right spaces. But when you don't, then the targeting, the money, the end goal fails because you've not listened to and understood what the real need was for your target. Well, for me, that, you know, all I'm seeing is wasted money because I would have been spending on something that's just not relevant. So we're wasting money that could be better used, as Michelle puts it, in the time, in the right time. So in the um, allergy season, you're spending money in winter season and it's not making sense. So definitely it's about wasting money. And then you're putting your, I would say, putting your identity a bit at risk as well, because it's like, well, this, these people, they're not, they're kind of confusing. Right. I thought I thought they were allergy people like I thought they helped me with this, but they're actually advertising about this, about that. So did I get it wrong? So then the consumer starts to think, well, maybe they're not the people for me. So even when the time comes around, they've moved on. Did I say it right? That's not their audience. The conversion, the confusion happens because they're not buying immediately. So it slows the path of the pace of the progress for, for the sale. And then you have a displeased client on the back end who is not going to rebuy because it's not met their core need. So you're correct. There's a number of ways that this can be applied. And that was a fine example. Thank you. 100%. I love that. Now I'm like so conscious how many times I say 100%. <laughs> oh, Michael, <laughs> it's all your fault. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, one of the other things I want to add to is like in advertising, and I know uh, we've had clients who run Google ads and there's always with Google ads, it's a little bit um, interesting, right? Because people can spend money on there's the exact keywords versus the broad keywords. And sometimes there's a little bit of a trap there because sometimes you're paying for those broad keywords, which means that you're spending, if your keyword, for instance, is virtual CFO, right? Um, I'm picking on you a lot today, Andrea. <laughs> your keyword is virtual CFO. Um, and you do a broad match, you're sometimes just paying for the word virtual. And sometimes you're paying for the word CFO and not together, right? So if someone's searching just virtual, that could be virtual assistant, blah, blah, blah. So that's where you're losing money. So we've been able to work with clients to help them save money in their advertising because we're like, okay, you want these two words together. You want that broad match, that not broad match, but that exact match or this phrase match. So we really want to make sure that you understand the advertising, you understand the audience, so that you are effective and saving money and saving time. Uh, even the agency that you're working with, right? You want to understand some of those things so you can ask the right questions. So moving on to question number three, um, how, why is it crucial to understand the needs and interests of your target audience in digital marketing? <sighs> Man, it is probably the most important thing, right? We as business owners, as businesses, we get really caught up in the idea of our goals, what we're trying to accomplish. We get very, you know, sometimes I think, you know, business owners can be a little bit narcissistic. <laughs> it's about me and my business. <laughs> But the truth is, it's actually about your customer, right? It's about that other business that you're trying to work with in the B2B space. It's 100% about that customer. Um, it is not so much about you. And understanding that customer, if it's in the B2B space, understanding all the stakeholders, the CFO, the sales team, the operations team, understanding their needs really becomes the, at the forefront of your strategy. Because that's what you have to do in order to draw them in. Um, before the show today, I was actually um, reading a post from the great Juma Bannister. <laughs> I don't know how, why I said his name like that, but he actually did a, I don't know if it was this weekend, but he recently did a um, an event, um, content creation for real estate agents, which I just loved. <laughs> um, and so he posted about it. And he talked about the fact that he, every, people that signed up, he actually went to their profiles to pay attention to the videos, what they've been doing, paying attention to their current content. He did a deep dive into real estate to really start presenting to them. So his post is really all the feedback that he got from them <laughs> at the event of the fact that they would have paid more for it. It should have been longer. <laughs> you know, all the things you want to hear when you run a workshop, right? It was like a win for, I'll tell my friends about it. So he spent time deep diving into his customer. He spent a lot of time. So, and at that end, at that event, he transformed those customers into advocates for his brand. You know, today I was just like, it was, it was the last comments I made before I jumped on the show. I was just like, this is what we're talking about. Um, you know, so that's what we're talking about. Getting to know your customer, understanding their likes, their wants, their needs uh, in the B2B space, understanding the stakeholders, the decision makers, right? Understanding the business itself, what the business stands for, then understanding those decision makers, their likes, what do they they need, where are their pain points? Because the more you understand about the customers, the better customer journey that you can create for them to get to that place of money in the bank, right? Moving them through your funnel, their customer journey to get them where you want them to actually convert with you. So uh, the customers are the heart of your strategy. It is not about you. Set your goals, set your strategy, set your tactics, but make sure the customer piece is just as has as much focus or even more focus um, so you can you can really make it happen, you know? So I went, <laughs> yeah, I was like, soapbox. <laughs> Use soapbox in all the good ways and all the best of ways to, to make this happen. It is important, but this is, this is very key in talking about we'll have a failed campaign or failed and wasted resources when you don't pay attention to that. You'll be in spaces that you don't belong in. What I love about this whole topic and understanding the target audience and why it feels when you don't is because what you're saying to someone is that lean into 
exactly who your core audience is and do the homework to get to know them. You, you want in the long run that reaction of, it's almost as if they knew me. This whole article and this whole thing is all about me. Oh, you've moved them from someone that doesn't know who your business is to, yes, this is me. Let me buy from them right away because you've done the homework to understand exactly what space they needed to be in. What was the place that they, they shopped in? What was the thing that really was really hurtful to them or really irritating to them that they just wanted to move aside quickly? You feel that need for them right away. So you're moving through the no like trust components of the sales process and that journey rather quickly because you're checking all of their boxes right away. You're answering their need. You're feeling that that distrustful place with information of, yes, I can trust them. I can believe in them. Let me buy from them and they'll be here for me when I need them. All of those things are imponent through every one of those people within a B2B and a B2C space when you lean in and listen and don't make it about you because it's not about you. It's about your client and their needs. And when they give you their money, you can then make it a little bit about you at that point, but not until you understand what space you need to be in and why you need to be there and if they're the right person for your business. We didn't talk about that, but in the B2B space, you're testing that as well. There's a stress test against that and understanding, are these people right for me as well when you're leaning into the right target audience? Go for it, Mike. <laughs> You're muted. Ah, thought I tapped. Thought I tapped. <laughs> yeah, it's really crucial that you understand your target audience because, again, when you talk about you know jumping to tactics before strategy, you're going to be you know literally using your resources unwisely, right? You're going to be producing the wrong content, and you're going to be spending that time putting out the wrong content. I like you know to follow up on on Michelle's. Um, example of allergies, right? So if I am, yes, I'm advertising allergies. Yes, it's just before, you know, allergy season. But if I'm pairing it with situations that are just absolutely, you know, nothing I can, you know, deal with or connect with, then it's not the product for me, right? So it's crucial to understand, like, what am I trying to actually solve by taking this allergy medicine, right? I want a quick relief. I want, you know, so if all of these things are not shown in my advertising and my marketing, then I'm not really driving that point home and I'm not getting those conversions. And it becomes, I think in B2B, it becomes even more important where you are marketing to more than one person in any organization. So when you're looking at that business, right? So you really have to understand all of the different needs that the different people in the seats within that company may need. So the finance person needs to know that this is cost effective. The salesperson needs to know that this is going to help us on the, on the other side. The operations person, same thing. And marketing, of course, to know what's, what to do, right? Yeah, it's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. Oh, I love it all. Yes. All right. So the next question is, uh, this one is one of my favorites because I we, we did a whole show on this, right? How can the lack of optimization in digital marketing strategies lead to missed opportunities for conversion? Uh, that is the, <laughs> that piece is the piece right there because businesses tend not to optimize their digital. They'll optimize their offline strategies with the quickness, right? If you're doing, if you have a conference strategy, for instance, and you're like, hey, offline, I, you know, I go to conferences, I meet my customers at conferences, and you recognize that, hey, I've been to these three conferences and I have not seen the pickup in my, my audience. They're not here anymore. They're not coming. You'll change. You'll go to a new conference. You'll say, these no longer work for us. But in digital, changing is like, oh, <laughs> it seems so hard, right? Got to do the creative over. I have to do this. I have to do that. But it's actually the quickest place that you can change your strategy, right? Changing a conference to another conference takes time, effort, a new look and feel, so many things. But in digital, you can quickly take the numbers, run up a new creative and start again. You understand where the problem is, right? So in working with an agency, if you see, hey, we're not getting anyone to click through, 
then you have a problem with the ad. So you need to change the creative to get people to click through. The message isn't the right message. You're not attracting them the right way. So understanding where to optimize and optimizing is really an important part of digital. If you're not optimizing your strategy, you're not really maximizing the opportunity to convert. You're saying, hey, it actually just didn't work for me and I'm just gonna keep doing the same thing over and over and over. These data points that we talk about, the click-through rates, the time on the landing page, the email address, where the form is, your website being mobile, all these things play a part in it. So it can't just be that I put this ad up and oh, didn't work. Did you look at all these things? Did you pay attention to all those things? What is your customer doing? Are they spending time on the page, but then not doing the thing you want them to do? So you have to deep dive into that. Your agency has to deep dive into those data points and come back to you and say, here's what we see. We have a high click-through rate. The click-through rate is X percent. It works. That's great across industry best practices. But when we get to this page, they spend time, but they don't do this. So let's actually move the form up Let's get, you know, maybe let's connect a consult now button. Let's change some things to get them to take a different action because they're taking these steps, but not this step. So you start talking about what does that optimization look like and what do we need to do to change uh, so we can start seeing conversions. Advertising, digital marketing, it does not always work in the first go. Okay. Uh, as business owners, we understand that things don't just work in the first go. How many times do you have to do it and do it again and then do it again and do it again and do it again? You know, I always like to say the people that leave after the third time, <laughs> they're my favorite because I'm going to wake them out and optimize and optimize and optimize. And here we are still with a show, your business in digital. <laughs> Where are the other folks? <laughs> Optimization is, is, it's, you put your you put your where you're going into Google Maps, right? And you run into traffic, or you run into an accident. You've got to take a different route. You can't just say, "Well, this is what the route was, so I'm just going to keep going." And <laughs> you've got to the optimization is that is that process. I think we talked about um, when we putting this together. If you're sailing, wind doesn't blow consistently in one direction. It makes little shifts. And so are we as people that we make little shifts in terms of the questions that we're asking, the how we are stating our problem, how we are stating our pain points, what we resonate with. So you've got to keep doing that optimization. I, I, this part is, is so interesting to me. And again, we in on this show have spoken about this in varying different languages so that you can translate it the way your, your mind may, may absorb the information in prior shows. And when we said in, in this space that your, your point of entry isn't linear, right? And we must meet the moment in the right place at the right time, regardless of where they enter our world, regardless of the time they enter it or how they enter it, to serve up something in a manner that meets their need to understand their journey point and take them through. And those come with repetition, with you understanding and changing things as you understand where they are in the journey at whatever point of entry. You're, you're, if you don't optimize, you're not meeting that moment. You're not, you're causing that sale to extend farther and farther because you've not met them at the right place at the right time with the information that they require to keep down that journey path. So it is imperative that you take a moment and think it, step, take a step back and make sure that you are understanding what your target is, why they need it and delivering what they need, or else you're going to delay that conversion. There's going to be some misunderstanding. You're, it's going to cost you more and you're far less efficient. And you're going to lose that opportunity because you've not taken that moment to optimize every path that that client can take. You know, what the thing about what I'm learning about digital marketing as a business owner is it's actually so much easier to optimize in digital marketing than it is to optimize in traditional media. Because picture you put an ad out in the newspaper and you don't get sales. What, where are you going to figure out what went wrong? 
there's no way to figure it out. There's no avenue for feedback. There's no um, avenue to track the action that the person did. You don't know if when the person read the ad, they, they, they didn't feel inspired to, to go to the store. Or you don't know if they went to the store and didn't like what they see. Um, so they left. There's no so so you don't you don't know, but with digital marketing, there are all these trackable, measurable steps that you can actually see. The actions are there that you can see, oh, they clicked the ad. Okay, so that says something. You actually get something that you could do with it. But then they did they fell off after 10 seconds or, or whatever, right? You now have something that you could say, oh, I see where the problem is as Tamara was describing it, right? They, if the click-through rate is fine, is it that they're not browsing? Is it, what is it that they're not doing? If you have a digital, a mini digital storefront and they click in through the different products and you realize, okay, they're clicking through the products, but um, they're not buying, right? Did they leave a comment? Did they leave a comment that says, well, this is priced too high for me, you know, we have a thing. I don't know how it is in the States, but here in Trinidad, we have that bad habit. Our Facebook businesses, people will put the price of the thing and people come in and say, whoo, that price too high, boy. That's a whole other scene, right? But the fact is, it's an avenue to collect information, whether it's right. But with traditional media, where do you get that? Because if I, in the traditional media, when I open the newspaper and I see the ad, I probably said the price was too high and I flipped the page, but you don't know that I did that. <laughs> you don't know that I did that. And you don't know that I said, boy, can we go in dinner? That place too far. Take. So with digital marketing, with digital marketing, there are these steps that you can literally zone into and fix. That's what I love about it. One ads for clients in Trinidad, and you're right, the comments are the best. <laughs> okay, they're like, you're like, what? Okay, <laughs> they're very, very free with their comments, which is again, it's feedback, right? But you're spot on. Um, Optimization is definitely the key. So, you know, you know, today our conversation was really around why digital marketing fails. And it's because we hear that from businesses all the time. I tried this and it didn't work. I did this and it didn't work, right? But it comes back to some core principles. It comes back to, do you have a strategy or are you just doing tactics? Do you understand the difference between a strategy and a tactic, right? Because it can, the lines can get blurry sometimes for folks. So taking a step back, if you're working with an agency to be like, okay, what is the core strategy? If you have an offline strategy, looking at that to say, what is my offline strategy and how are we translating that into digital, right? You want to look at knowing the audience, knowing your B2B customer, knowing all the decision makers in that space. You want to know them. What are they thinking? What are their pain points? How do I get in front of the CFO, what does he or she need to hear um, so that we can move this conversation forward? Uh, and really looking at when there's a digital marketing activity, how are we optimizing it, right? That's really important for you as a business to understand. So I'm going to go around the room and do some final thoughts because uh, I know this was a good conversation because we get to, you know, we get to talk about, sometimes we have to talk about the truth of it all, right? You can't just put out here are these strategies. You got to talk about it. People are like, yeah, this stuff doesn't work for me. So what are you thinking, guys? I think the one point I would have added to our list today was give it time, right? Like we didn't talk about that time factor. Um, there's a balancing of if you need it done quickly, how much you have to put out. If that's not the case, then you've got to look at that return. Just like as in investments, it's not as high as you probably expect. It takes time, but once it starts to roll, then you'll see it. I think part of it uh, is, is one of my takeaways for this, for, for those that are listening or, or two things. One, it is fail with intention, having a plan, have a plan. And, and if you're failing because you've had a plan and you're not really failing, you're tweaking, we, you're testing and understanding if it's a correct. And that is an appropriate way of failing because your, your business is moving forward and you're learning and growing from it. Have the intention, be prescriptive, 
understand what your business needs and intentionally step into these spaces so that you will have greater results and learnings from it and that you're failing intentionally. You're failing so that your business can grow and move and move forward. And so there's learning, not just a failure, it's a learning uh, space that you're in. And, and the conversions, the efficiency, the resonating in the right spaces at the right time will work out for your business. You know, um, my, my one takeaway or my one thing that I want to leave with people, I should say, is strategy first. I want to emphasize the need to start with the goals and the strategy. Um, because no matter if you can't answer that, that for yourself, then how do you expect the digital marketing agency to answer that? How do you expect them to implement anything that will help you? Because the strategy is what defines the success for you. So if it is that you're, you're, you're shrugging your shoulders because, well, I don't know, well, then you will, it, will, it will always fail because in your mind, it has never hit the success um, factor for you because you never defined what it was properly in the first place. So I think that, you know, if you start there, which is where we started the conversation, if you start with a clear goal in mind and a clear strategy in mind, that's what will keep you from falling into the, the, the tragedies that is that that, could, that sometimes could happen with digital marketing um, activities because you'll say it's not working. It's not that it's not working. It's doing something, but you don't know whether that something is what you needed in the first place. So that's why it's fa it's it's called being called a failure. So start strategy first. These are some good final thoughts, guys. <laughs> this digital marketing fail, sure, it fails, but you have an opportunity to go back and check a few of these things, right? Did I spend enough time on it? Michael, that was such a great point. I really love that. You know, we didn't emphasize it enough. Um, did I spend enough time on it? It takes about three or four months for you to see something really working, but you could start making changes in the first two weeks, but it takes about, you need 90 days, right? I, I, if we, someone came to us and said, Hey, let's do a marketing strategy and let's implement a campaign. We don't have 90 days to get some insight. It's really hard. You need that time. As you know, um, Andrew talked about, you need that strategy. That strategy is so important. Go back, ask yourself, do, are we working with a strategy? What is the strategy? And as Michelle honed in on knowing the targets, knowing the people who are coming to you, understanding those pain points, being really prescriptive, the messaging, what are you putting in front of them? Time, all the things that you already know from the stuff that you've been doing offline is what you need to bring back to the table when you're doing your digital marketing. So if your digital marketing is failing, stop, ask yourself some questions, pull, you know, pull, pull the veil back, ask some questions and understand why it's failing so that you can really start getting to that place of digital working for you. And that's exactly why we do this show at your business, your business and digital. We do this show because we want to help you connect those dots, the things that you're doing offline really, really well. We want to help you connect those dots to make sure that you're doing them well online. How are you moving that offline success online? What are the steps to get there? How do you get to that place of money in the bank through digital and all the digital marketing activities? All right. So this was a good show, guys. <laughs> I loved this conversation. So round of applause to you because you guys brought your evening as usual. I love, love, love connecting with this team because we bring together all the key stakeholders of any business, right? We have finance in the building, talking to you about cost savings, talking to you about growth, talking to you about the importance of strategy. Also, this finance, this CFO over here is now a digital marketer, right? We hear it more and more every time Andrew talks. We're like, all right, girl. <laughs> CFO slash digital marketer. <laughs> of course, we have sales in the building with Michelle always talking to us about that sales, that continuum, right? What you need to think about from the sales portion of things. It's important, that funnel, that customer, the connection. Michael is always here to keep us on track <laughs> with his British words. <laughs> his journey accent. 
all the things, the schedule, the advertisements, <laughs> and also the operations of the business, right? How do we keep how do we keep things moving, flowing? And I'm here for fun. <laughs> But I'm here for the marketing to really connect the dots and make sure that all these people are happy with my marketing, right? I want to have that connection with the CFO so that he or she can say, hey, we've seen an increase in revenue by 10%. I want to make sure that sales is getting to those leads through the marketing efforts that we're doing and that operations can effectively help us get the things we need, get our content right, get you know the end, the end result with the customer right as well. So it's important as marketers that we are connecting with all the key stakeholders in the business to do digital marketing for businesses. So, all right, I know we're almost at time. We're exactly at eight o'clock. So let me tell you where to connect with us. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Connect with us on YouTube. Uh, connect with us everywhere podcasts are found. Again, we want you all small business executives to go back and have a conversation to say, digital increase my revenue by 10%, by 20%. If you're not having that conversation, definitely reach out to us. We can help you get to that place. Uh, so check us out. Listen to us. Thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Team, always a pleasure to be here with you guys. I will see you on Wednesday. We have an exciting show on Wednesday. <laughs> a little bit of a surprise. Well, it's not a surprise because there's an event, but Chef uh, Saida Farrell is coming to the show. We're super excited to have her because we watch her business grow over the last few years and she's doing amazing things. So we're going to have so much fun. We're just going to let her talk. <laughs> it's going to be great. So thank you again for joining us at Your Business in Digital. I'm Tamara. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Take care. Bye. <laughs>